podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We're having a look, if, uh, if you've got your Bibles, as I say, to Acts chapter 9. Um, so far, in January 2020, the Lord is helping us to see better. That's the last, all right? It's the last time I'm going to do the 2020 joke because I feel like, don't laugh, Joe, I feel like you've all switched off, all right? So I'm very disappointed. Is it? It's not, what is it? What is it? It's the 19th. Crazy. Crazy. But so far, we've had a look at what's new when it comes to our day-to-day and also our walk with God. And also then, we've um, seen that if there's going to be any development or progress in our Christian walk or in our lives, it's going to take effort. It's going to take effort. And we saw last week, it may hurt a little. And we glimpsed into King Jehoash and his lazy bow and arrow um, or his lazy archery. I've still got, I've still got tricep ache from, uh, I felt like that was almost a workout last week. No? Does that count? Does that count? No? Okay. So this morning, I wanted us to look at some real people in Scripture. Why do I say that? Well, I don't mean like as though they're make-believe characters. What I mean is they are real people. And the truth then, if you are a real person, then we have real scenarios and we have real life. And real life isn't always plain sailing, is it? Hands up if everything's perfect all the time. Interesting that. It's a unanimous decision. The answer's no. It isn't always perfect. It isn't always plain sailing. And the people that we see in Scripture, and, um, and our Scripture for this morning is a guy called Saul in Acts chapter 9, who had his name changed to Paul. Very good. I felt like the pause, it was one of those, wasn't it? You were like, was this a rhetorical question? And Big words, big words, I know. Anyway, but, uh, but rather, as we look into these characters and as we look into uh, Paul, who was Saul, we can see that the Bible doesn't paint a wonderful picture about people. In fact, it paints quite the opposite because it paints the real life, warts and all, as the saying goes. We don't have to look very far before we see Abram planning his own legacy rather than waiting for God. The man was completely and utterly impatient. Anybody else impatient? I am a little bit impatient. All right, that's true. I have warned you before, though. Be careful. Don't pray for patience because the Lord will send you lol. Uh, I've told you before, the sofa's comfortable. And uh, also, um, maybe you don't have to look much further than that until you see Jacob. Oh, what a great man of God who wrestled with God. He would take no, not take no for an answer. And because he couldn't get his own way, wouldn't get his own way, he wrestled with God. He was stubborn, even, uh, hang on, let me read this, obstinate. 
I know. Incredible. It really is impressive. I'm impressed. And then, of course, there's Joseph. Um, You know, he couldn't help himself but tell everybody about what he knew to be the truth. You know, those people who literally can't hold the tongue. Anybody ever met anybody like that? Literally. You can't tell them anything because if you do, everybody knows. And that's not because they mean anything bad by it. It's just they can't, I can't hold my own water. I'm like a colander. The truth is, as he was perceived because of that, he was overbearing. And it nearly cost him his life. And the list continues. The characters in scripture, David, one of Israel's greatest kings, was a man who committed adultery and also had a man killed on the front line. Gideon, God's mighty warrior, he was scared of his own shadow. This is the guy who was threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, let me paint the picture for you. You thresh wheat on a hillside so that when you throw it up in the air, the chaff is blown away. So when you're in a wine press, what happens? Not a lot. But he was so scared, he'd rather fight the challenge of the impossible than be out anywhere where anybody could see him. God's mighty warrior. It's a head scratcher, that one. So why am I telling you about all of these failures on a Sunday morning? Well, because the truth is, whoever you are, wherever you are from, we all, we all have baggage. Who we are, maybe who we were, things that we've done, mistakes that we've made, it marks us. The failures and the downfalls are ingrained within us. We can't change that. And much like all of the characters uh, that we've just thought about, they had all of these things that were part of who they were. But they also had something else. All of those characters that I've mentioned have something else in common other than just their baggage. Now, you know the answer because I feel like you're intelligent. And the answer is, of course, God. Okay, I'll let you know. Welcome to Gainsborough. I love you lot. You see, he, God, is able to take what is seemingly bad and turn it into something that is completely and utterly amazing and beautiful. There's only God that can do that. There is only God that can turn something so desperate and so sad, so much hurt and heartache and pain, and he can turn it into something that is absolutely wonderful. You see, Abraham became the father of promise. Although he was impatient, God saw his faith and he credited, to it, uh, credited it to him as righteousness. Easy to say without somebody else's teeth in that one. Jacob, who was stubborn, he became Israel as God grew a nation from a man who would not budge without a blessing. He refused to move. Joseph's eagerness to share what he knew as the truth, well, eventually saved his life. And it saved Israel's life 
as he was the commander-in-chief in Egypt, which meant that he'd stored up the food while the famine was coming because he knew, because God had told him. And he was able to share that. And Israel and the world around them were saved because of Joseph and his knowledge. And then even David, his sin and adultery with Bathsheba brought forth a guy that you may have heard of called Solomon, who became Israel's wisest king. The word tells us there is nobody being wiser other than the Son of God himself. Wisdom beyond our imagination. And Gideon, well, Gideon would rescue and save Israel from its enemy. And Gideon knew full well, as his actions showed, that if God wasn't on his side, Gideon wasn't stepping in. Gideon was not stepping up. Gideon was not doing. You see, the very thing that shaped Gideon meant that he was the right man for the job because he couldn't do it by himself. He needed God. And church, that's the key. That's what we're going to unlock the door with this morning. God will take the hurt and the disappointment and the shame of the past and he will work it into something absolutely beautiful. Those things that we see as failures, God can work into something that is absolutely staggering. And in Acts chapter 9, we get to see Saul in a moment where we can see his enthusiasm and his passion and his absolute desire to get rid of those that are following the way, to kill Christians. His desire is to stop this Christianity growing why? Well, because it goes against his Judaism, which he's studied and knows, and he is the most zealous of all those around about him. He is bursting. And because of that, God knew he was the man. Because all that passion, all that desire, all that enthusiasm, well, that could do something. That could change a place. That could change a people. That could change what everybody thought was the route for salvation. People might then realize because of Saul's passion and desire, being a hostile witness could turn things around. And people could see, well, this guy used to fight in opposition to the way. And now all of a sudden, he's fighting for the way. He was on his way to Damascus to kill Philip. Staggering, isn't it? And God meets him and says, no, Saul, things are about to change. The direction of your life is about to change. Now, I've had the absolute pleasure, and still have over the past, uh, over the past weeks and the weeks to come, because it's going to take me a while, of, of seeing something that I've never seen before. This is new to me. I had a prop last week. <clears throat> I have another. Bear with. It's a very undesirable um, Sainsbury shopping bag. Although I do carry it rather well. In here is something that I've, nev I've never seen this before. Are you ready for this? This is a big lump of wood. It's actually beech. Anybody heard of beech? But there's something wrong with it. Um, it's called spalted beech. And what that means is... When it was a sapling and young and, and vulnerable, 
something started to grow alongside it. And a fungus got into it and turned it into something in the beginning that looked so awful and, and made it look undesirable. Yet as the years have gone by and nature has taken its course, it's actually done something quite remarkable to what would be just a lump of beach has now turned into something called spaltered beach. And the fungus has turned the grain into something that I've never seen before. And there's a lot of timber passed through my hands. I've never experienced that before. It can happen to all timbers. And the fungus, which was disgusting and horrible and seemed like it was impossible for anything good to come out of the situation, has now turned into something which is absolutely beautiful. Let me pass a piece round so that you, you don't have to look over the... Have a, have a glance at that. Don't steal my timber, all right? Have a look and pass it on, because it's worth glimpsing, because if you don't, you might miss it, and you might never get to see it again, which would be thoroughly disappointing. Now, the reason that I pass it around so that you can have a proper look is because you have to get to grips with what's going off. Because in its very nature... It's turned into probably one of the nicest things that I've ever seen. I always like cutting wood in half because I'm the first person to ever see in there. You've never thought of it like that, have you? It excites me. Every time I cut into a, a piece of timber, I think to myself, well, there's only me. There's only me seeing that. Now I'm showing you a lot, so. I'm, le I'm letting you into the sad life of Mith Matthew Ward. I forgot my name then for a minute. That was weird. If that ever happens, I've told Laura to contact people. <laughs> Something terrible has occurred. But you see, the key is, much like that timber, in the very beginning, when we were young and vulnerable and, and potentially have the, uh, the, the whereabouts to step into something that we weren't quite sure of, those things that come out of our mouth, the attitude that we, we grow up with, the chip on the shoulder, the, the life that so intertwines with the things that we can't shake off because that's how we were brought up. That's how we were maybe not in a good situation or a good circumstance, but brought up in maybe awful situations and awful circumstances. The only way that we can change something like that is to put our faith and our trust in God and I say that with the timber in your hand because the truth is that we see then that this fungus has grown on this little sapling it had no other choice it was happening whether it liked it or not but out of something so desperate and so sad God has brought about beauty and church he's willing to do exactly the same for you and me but we have to put our faith and our trust in him and it's not something that happens overnight it takes a long time for all of a sudden this grain to look as beautiful as it does, as it's elongated and made patterns on there that I've never seen before. But it takes time. And it takes faith. To say, God, the situations that I was in as a child, I cannot change. I cannot, I cannot change my past. Not a single one of us here can change our past. But church, God can change your future. He absolutely can change the future for you. And he can take something that's undesirable, that has no place, and turn it into something that is so beautiful and has the opportunity to reach people far beyond what it was ever intended for. You were never going to see that tree, but because it passed through my hands, and I was like, well, I ain't never seen that before. 
as common as that. Yes, I am. I thought you guys have got to see it. And now you've seen it. It was never going to get seen because it was full of fungus. And now look at it. And all of those characters that we've seen this morning or we've mentioned this morning, they are all people that have a history, that have hurt, that have pain. They are all people that have been in situations that they wish they never had been. But because of God and his faithfulness, God has used that and turned it into something so wonderful. And Paul's passion and zeal and his enthusiasm to go against God, he was the right man for God to use all of that and turn it into something so wonderful. Church, the truth is, we all have baggage. But if we allow God in, then something that could be seen as negative can be turned into absolute beauty. My challenge is this for you this morning, is will you let God in? Will you let God in? It's far easier to keep the doors closed. Because what happens if he wants to change something? What happens if he wants to, what happens if he wants to change the situations or the circumstances? You know, I'm comfortable now. My past is my past. Church, let me tell you, there is no greater gift than eternal life. And, and it's a free gift given by God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But you have to accept it. You have to accept it. You have to let God in. And if we let God in, then he can change the future. But church, we have to let him in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we are just amazed by what you can do. Father, we've seen it in the characters this morning who have seemingly been going in the complete opposite direction. Father, cowards, those that are impatient, those that are lustful, Father, those that are disobedient, Father, those that can't hold their own tongue. Lord, we can put ourselves in a thousand different brackets. Yet because of your grace, because of your faithfulness, we're able to come to you. We're able to say sorry. And we're able to step from death to life and accept Jesus as our savior. Because you love us beyond measure. Enough to give your very best in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray this morning that if there's anybody here that doesn't, yet know you as Lord and Saviour. That, Father, as that piece of timbers passed through their hands, that they might see that their past is the past. But, Lord, that they might allow God in to change their future and their destiny. Lord, we tell you this morning that we love you. And, Lord, we know that we can only do that because you first loved us. And as we close this service now, as we worship together, as we share together, through the other side, Lord, I just ask that you would just let your words settle into our hearts, that it might permeate, that it might break down walls and barriers that we've put in place, and that we might let you make something beautiful out of something that was meant to be so negative. So Lord, bless us now, we pray, as we worship together. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. 
For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.